This is Golden Hour. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Golden Hour, a weekly film review podcast hosted by three nerdy college students that's only sometimes pretentious. I'm Christoph. I'm Maddie. And I'm Lydia. I just want to tell our viewers this week that I am slightly ill. So if my voice sounds a little bit more nasally than usual, that would be the reason why. <clears throat> Sorry, that was me. <laughs> yeah, that was not me that time. I want to let everyone know as well that we have a Facebook page set up now. Very yeah. exciting. That is at Golden Hour Podcast on Facebook. Like us on there. We post links to the Pinecast uploads and the iTunes uploads. And we also were just told that we won't be doing Google Play, but we are going to be on Spotify, which is pretty cool. Hey, yeah, I like Spotify, so it's convenient and it's on the go or whatever. I don't have the premium option or mm-hmm. for that, but hey. Oh, you should get it. For students, it's four ninety nine, which with tax, okay, it's just, like five twenty five, yeah. And you also get Hulu for free. Wow. So you get Spotify and Hulu um, We're not just your premium student. We're not sponsored by Spotify, in hey, case everyone's yeah. wondering. Listen, so Maddie, uh, she she works for Hulu now, apparently. Well, no, I don't. <laughs> anyway, so we have a Facebook page. This is the moral of that story. Like us on there. You can see when all the episodes go up. Talk to us. Anything you want, really. And we're also going to be setting up a Twitter, which will be at Golden Hour Podcast. Mm-hmm. Follow us. Like us, please. Yeah, that should be up within this week so feel yeah. free to give us a little boop, boop. so by the time uh, this episode goes up the pages all should be live so interact with us on there yay so this week we watched taste of cherry Christoph, how about you tell us about that film okay cool so i'll give a little brief uh introduction uh this week we watched taste of cherry the 1997 film by iranian director abbas kiarostami who unfortunately passed away last year. God rest his soul. Mm. Brilliant filmmaker. Uh, He was involved with the Iranian New Wave film movement, very active within the 70s and 80s. But really where he took off was the 90s. He got a lot of critical praise for especially this film. He had trouble getting this film to festivals and stuff because he got banned within the country from what I remember. Was it because of the content? I think it may have been because of the content, but also just because they briefly mentioned within the film some of the political uh, Mm. situations going on. Yeah, but he mainly stays away from that. Yeah, so I'm not really sure why it was banned in the first place, but he got it to uh, some French festival, you know, Cannes. No big deal, mm-hmm. which won the uh, Palm d'Or. So, anywho, uh, moving on, uh, he was very into individualistic style, and it like definitely it. comes across in this movie for, for sure. sure. So, without further ado, I'll give a little synopsis on Taste of Cherry. It's about a middle-aged man named Mr. Body who drives through Tehran looking for someone to uh, do a job for him. <laughs> What job that is at first, he does not immediately disclose. No. But he is offering a large amount of money in return. So it's about him trying to find someone to do this job for him. We're going to do a star rating. And at the star same rating, time as yes. your star rating, do your general review. We'll go around and gotcha. then I'll, I can cover spoiler. Okay, cool. General review. My opinion, I think this film really, really makes a lot out of what may seem to be nothing. It, it creates a lot of substance with what seems like a sparse story, but it's so, so impactful by the end of the film. And I think the acting really, it's so subtle, but I think it delivers. The performance is excellent. Yeah. What's your rating on that, Christoph? For uh, this movie, I'm going to go... I don't want to do the same rating as last week, but I'm going to have to give it four do. and a half stars because mm. it is that good. All right. What about you, Maddie? Okay, so in the beginning of the movie, because we didn't know his job, I immediately thought, taste of cherry, taste of virgin. Mm. (laughs) So something like that. And because he wouldn't explain the job, so I was like, damn. It's going to be something I was like, it's going to be something weird. (laughs) It was weird. It was. Okay, in the beginning, I would give it like a 3.5, but I definitely loved the ending, which bumped it up to like a 4.2 for me. 4.2. 4.2. So we're getting the little. Okay. I liked right. it because of the theme. Like at the end, I realized, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I know what he's going for. I understand what the parallels are in this movie. Like it mm. was definitely better towards the end. Um, the beginning for me was really, really slow. And I, some of it, I was like, 
I can't mm-hmm. do this. I can't. I just I yeah. gotta get through it. The it's, ending it definitely picks the up. The ending it's that, way yeah. better. Well, it seems that I'm gonna be a dissenting voice at this <laughs> circle today. Brace yourselves. I do not like this film really at all. I'm gonna slap a big old one star on it. Whoa. Wow. This movie I really don't think would be interesting in the slightest to someone who doesn't have an interest in filmmaking. I appreciate, I have a lot of things I appreciate Mm. about the style and the cinematography because I'm interested in film. However, I was even bored at best and angry at worst with some of the things (laughs) that were happening. Uh, I thought the film was a really pretentious, pseudo-intellectual glimpse Mm. into suicidal ideation, which for me personally was honestly kind of disgusting to watch. And I wish I had known about this film before we watched it. Otherwise, I would have suggested a different one. Okay, well, there we go. Yeah, I know we... I know where you're coming from, though, Lydia. Hey, I can totally understand that. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, I felt. I think the ending is really what made me like change my perspective on. Yeah, the and I also read a few articles on like how other people perceived it, and right. I was like, okay, I can get that a little bit more. Like, oh, I get I mean, what he's going at. Mm-hmm. I get the movie. I get the premise now. The first thing I did was I looked up like Wikipedia pages and mm-hmm. reviews of everything. And from what I understand, this film, even when it came out, was very divisive. Oh yeah, it was. Um, for sure. I think it makes sense that we all have a little bit of a different opinion. And I'm glad we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so, why we're here. before we get into the series talk about the film, this is a spoiler warning that from now on until we move on to big movie news, we will be discussing specific aspects of the film. So if you do not want to hear specific things that happened, go ahead and go forward to big movie news. We have a lot of things we're talking about this week, some trailers and also some new films that were announced. Uh, I also want to put out a warning for people that there's going to be a lot of discussion about suicide. So if that's something that you want to avoid listening to, this film is not the one for you to listen to. Skip ahead. Yeah, just skip ahead. Let's get into it. I guess we could start with the story here Mm -hmm. about this character that we uh, are exploring, especially in depth. You mm-hmm. can see that from the beginning to all the way through the end, you can see he wants a specific person to do this job. Because in the beginning of the movie, there's a bunch of people who are asking for work and mm. he and he doesn't take any of them. See, yeah. I and I agree with that because that opening long take with him driving around really sets the tone for him trying to find understanding in other people. But there is none. There really is none by the end of the film either. Because no. mm-hmm. there is no understanding. That At least of, not that he sees. Yeah. I think starting the film with that was the only way to do it. Right. And he was definitely trying to find a one-on-one connection. Because he doesn't stop and really talk mm-hmm. to anyone. He talks to the two children. Um, which is kind of showing that he has a he's, softness of heart. Yeah. yeah, he's still, and I think I took that a little bit as like he's still having second thoughts. Uh, even yeah. at the beginning of the film, even he's already having beginning. second thoughts. So. Right. He's definitely uncertain all the way through. Right. Until he actually does the job mm. at the end. Which we don't know. Is very ambiguous. Exactly. Anyway, whether or not, which, <laughs> no, which is one of the things I really hated oh, about wow. it. Because I kind of felt like, I don't mean to skip ahead to the end of the story, but since we're already here, I don't like that we see his preparations. Like there was a um, really interesting shot from outside of his apartment, apartment yeah. where we watch him through the window and then he comes outside, locks his door and walks out of frame. And then he gets into his grave and there's like lightning sort of stuff. So there's light flashing on his face and his eyes are open for a little while and then they close. And instead of going to a shot of the professor, whoever was the last oh, guy. Oh, the taxidermist. Yeah. yeah, the taxidermist. Instead of going to a, a shot of the taxidermist coming to check on him, instead we're pulled out of the film and we see behind the scenes footage of the film being made. Mm. But that's that's kind of where I thought it went a little pseudo intellectual because for me, what that's telling me is that it doesn't matter whether or not he actually died. This is just a movie. Like it's not, but my problem with that is that like, 
suicide is a very real issue and it does matter if he actually killed himself or if he did not. And so it just doesn't make sense to me that we would just not care if he lived or died. Though also, I don't really feel like we had a big connection to the main character anyway. Like he wasn't really trying to... I think we do at I think as, we especially near the end when mm-hmm. he has his cathartic moment of self-realization across the city, etc. Uh, in regards to the last part where we mm-hmm. do see uh, Kiarostami making the film, I'm not entirely sure if that was in the original cut of the film. This may have been really. Like, yeah, because this is, again, a remastered version of the film. But I'm assuming he's the one that wanted that in there. So it's kind of like an, uh, you know, author's choice of... Like a director's Yeah, but, um, but I mean, he's he's obviously calling attention to the creation of the movie. Do you think maybe that the ending is supposed to be a changing or an or like a transition into another world? How worlds kind of form or like alter together when you fade to darkness? Which well, I is, mean, he's obviously trying to... Like, he's fading you from yeah. one world to another. He's fading us to the, the actual filmmaking process. So Yeah, which honestly I thought he was trying to make like a big joke as well. Like I don't like, know if it's really a joke. Because so what I got from that last sequence there with the uh, cut to him actually making the film is that this is really, this was very involved for Kiarostami as a director. You know, it's a personal connection for the director here because it's it's a very subtle character study that's happening here. I think Kiarostami is really speaking about himself a little bit because, I mean, to have to sit back and watch this play out in front of you, I would start to question, like, you know, I think he's kind of exploring his own dark thoughts with this movie. And so having that last part there is kind of maybe alluding to hey, this is maybe speaking to how I feel about the morality of suicide here as a dilemma, you know, between relationships between people. So, but that's what I got from that, like, fade to the real director making this thing. even going off of that point, like, if you want to have a character study and if you want to say that it's the director, almost more of an autobiographical film. I wouldn't wouldn't go that far to say that. Yeah. Exploring perhaps his own Mm -hmm. opinions about suicide. I don't understand why this representation of suicide needs to be seen. For me personally, the only depictions I'm interested in, because I mean, it's a serious thing and it's. It shouldn't be taken lightly. I don't think he's taking it lightly, though. Right. But I also, what I think, because I I believe so heavily that uh, the media has such an effect on how we view and think about topics, whether it be something as serious as this or even like casual things like a car or like Mm. whatever. I'm only interested in seeing a depiction where the person who is suicidal seeks professional help, showing him the committing or not committing suicide, whatever. Then the not following through also bothers me where where it's almost like he doesn't care to show the audience whether or not I think he cared immensely. That's why he does leave it that way. I'll have to skip back to the moment that he has after he uh, meets with the taxidermist again. Mm -hmm. He's having second thoughts big time. Through the whole movie. That's the point of this um, little cathartic moment over the the sunset and looking over the city and the children playing, etc. I think having that moment and then we go directly to this suicide attempt is showing us that he he's not seeking help for this at all. He his this help has to come from within and having this meeting with the taxidermist kind of brought that out, I think a little bit. That's why that ambiguous ending. He doesn't want professional help. Yeah, he I don't wants, think I think that's like out of the question for this right. for the what this movie's trying to achieve. He wants someone It's not about help, yeah. He wants someone to personally go, like, look inside him and be like, hey, should I die or should I not? Should I keep living? What's this He's worth living for? He's looking for affirmation of his own beliefs, basically. Yeah, right, and exactly. you can't find that in these individuals he picks up off the street. Yeah, and so. that's something that's, again, going to have to come within. He's not, again, you're not going to find that from someone that you find off the street. The only thing that came close to that was the tax- taxidermist because, again, the taxidermist went through it himself yeah yeah it kind of like reaffirmed what he had become kind of almost yeah so yeah and it i think the taxidermist was there to try and save mr body's life well in that case like 
okay, the professional help part, while it is important, obviously, for someone who is actually experiencing suicidal thoughts, like getting some form of help is important. And he is trying to get help, not only in like the job, but he's trying to find someone to talk to, which has shown that he has a little bit more of a connection with the taxidermist Mm -hmm. because he does chase him down the second time. Why? What is the point of leaving the ending ambiguous? That's up to you. See, and I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't. And I like get that, that you don't like that. <laughs> and it's not that it's not that I hate ambiguous endings. Like I think it speaks to whoever's watching the film. I think what it's... they believe in this morality of suicide and what it means for a stranger to die. Mm-hmm. I think having it ambiguous le- leaves the audience to come up with their own again self affirmation here. What you think would happen here, and whether it's right or not. And obviously, if it's not right for you, that's exactly what the film intends it to feel like. Mm. It is what it is. Sure. I think it's very much up to the person who's watching. Exactly. And it's not supposed to be specific or it's not supposed to be to a general mass conclusion. It's supposed to be specific to you. That's why I think think. like we're kind of we're kind of like guests in his car. Mm-hmm. For a lot yeah. of the movie, which and I think I like is really that. cool. Yeah, right. He's taking us on this ride and like we're sitting there and we're like, like we obviously don't want him to go through with it, but and that's I think not that, up to us. I know? think that builds the character towards us because we do sit in his ride like like a taxi ride. I think that's how you that's how the director wanted you to connect with the character. That's how he wanted you to build a relationship with Mr. Body. He wanted you to sit in the car like a passenger and he wanted you to observe all of this so that you could make your own opinion at the end. So that you could have your own experience so that it wasn't just a general experience so that it was only specific to you because suicide is only specific to you. Right. Nobody again, like in the movie, nobody knows what you're going through. Nobody knows what's going to push you past that edge. But this movie helps you see that you have to create what's within you and you have to see what's within to make your personal decisions, which is totally based around this movie. He makes you sit there and observe so that you can make that decision at the end. This is to a pin how I feel about the movie, because I mean, I like that. I didn't think about it that way, but uh, thinking of it as like taking you on a trip at the end, you have to choose the option here. Is, it's like is reading, basically what that ambiguous ending is to me. It's like reading an R.L. Stein book. You get those. <laughs> like a choose is. your own adventure. Okay. I guess uh, we're going with that. It kind of <laughs> is because he leaves that ambig- ambiguous ending, which lets you choose how you feel about Mr. Body's suicide or about suicide in general. And it doesn't create that conforming facts for you to just play along or answer in a test. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I understand that that thought process and I understand the intent, perhaps if this was his intent, Mm. I understand the intent. However, I still do not support this sort of depiction and this medium and this specific example of playing with the notion and experimenting with the idea of suicide through the specific way. I didn't like how it was done through this film. So what you're saying is that for you, for the movie to be better, would have been you would have had like a straight, clear-cut ending that would have made the movie better, basically? It would have helped, certainly. I don't really know exactly how many things I would have to change mm-hmm. to... Like this film and such, because I mean, I love minimalist film is great. Like Rear Window, Moonlight, like yeah. a lot of really good minimalist observational film. I enjoy because it does, like we were saying, it puts you in that seat with him, and it really does give you that one-on-one perspective. But I just, <sighs> hey, yeah. it's not for everyone. Opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why we're yeah. here. Anywho, it's your own opinion. Um, I kind of want to move on to some of the cinematography and directing decisions here. Mm-hmm. I like how he plays with the um, proximity and distance in this movie, mm-hmm. aside from the story, pulling it from that, just because we have these long takes over the hills with the car dipping you know, in and out of them, in and out of them. And then we have these conversations playing as if we were still in the car. We're Do you watching think this. 
Do you think that's supposed to create the sense of blankness, like in a page, like when you get blankness, that's supposed to have you make a transition or connection into what's going to come next or what was previous said? Maybe because he still wants that sense of intimacy, I think. Yeah. With, but with he, that dialogue he still creates going. that blankness so that you can think about what's going on. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go go there with that. I'm glad you brought that up because having this distance allows us to kind of sit and meditate on the, the content that we're digesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it isn't until later yeah. that you learn about the actual what his actual job is. Yeah. It isn't until like 27 minutes, I don't know, 20, 20 27 minutes yeah, into the movie that you soldier. actually know what is going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Job-wise. <laughs> and I think a good example of what you're talking about with the visual distance mm-hmm. giving you time to think about what's being said is I think when Mr. Body and the taxidermist were taking that alternate road and the taxidermist was talking about his experience with a suicide attempt and all we saw was a high shot of the car going down the road love that shot yeah Yeah, and the the taxidermist was saying how he needs to like live for little things like eating he was telling the mulberry story Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how he changed his outlook and that sort of thing so it really especially for such a complicated idea or like an important idea to the overall message of the film. It gave you really a lot of time and explicit time to focus on that. Good directing decision. I'll agree on that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cinematography wise, this film is very pretty to look at. Yeah. I think, very beautiful. Yes. The minimalism definitely works here. Yeah. For sure. It's got a lot of landscape shots right. and you see a lot of, um, kind of like city shots as well and yeah it's an anesthetic it's a pleasing yeah it's pleasing definitely has an aesthetic i think the red hues and the orange of the desert and the Mm -hmm. the dirt and the earth and whatnot i mean it's supposed to be playing on the fact that there's so many beautiful things around you that you need to observe exactly yeah before you can make an ultimate decision of what you're gonna do with your life i love that because so we have him exploring this this wasteland but it's i mean it's a pretty wasteland to look at it is but it's all these dirt roads and whatnot and then we finally have this taxidermist experience and he all of a sudden he's in the city and then we that. see these colors and then we see the kids and the sunset in the and city. The sunset, and it's, yes. it's beautiful. So really, really fantastic cinematography. I don't know the cinematographer for this. I don't I know. really need to look him up because very, very pretty. Probably my one of my favorite shots was a extreme long shot of when his car got stuck. Oh, yeah. On the side of the road. That's a great shot. Yeah, and we just watched, and it's a really long take, too, because what you were saying with the red and orange hues that we've mainly been seeing, and then all of the workers come in and they're wearing like green and blue shirts. Yeah, I love that. And they're giving them a little helping hand there. Uh huh. They're funny, though, because they're (laughs) laughing while they're doing it, I thought. Yeah. They looked like they were having fun. It kind of brought joy back into the movie for like five seconds. I'm like, wow. It gives you that break, and it's a nice, easy break as well because it's it's like a personal. Yeah. Yeah. Like the cars itself is exhausted. It's like, yo, give me Mm -hmm. a break. Yeah. (laughs) Breaks down. Also, on the topic of audio, I liked that there was a specific noise that happened when we were in the area with the hole. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. But what was it? I don't know what it was, but it sounded like like a dying animal or like animals having a fight. I think it was just something like wildlife in the distance or... Yeah, but it also plays on the fact that there's other worlds out there and they might have their own problems other than just the one within yours. Okay. Can you explain that further? (laughs) Yeah, go for it, Maddie. Okay, so you see the taxonomist plays on this. You see how... Mr. Body is conflicted about dying or killing himself, and it's all because of issues that he's having within his own world, which we don't know what what they are. But the taxidermist says that there's, or he alludes to, the fact that there's other worlds out there, like the mulberries and the cherries and the children and the sunset, that have this beautifulness... And that you should immerse yourself in ones that have that. And then within those worlds, there's also things or other worlds that have their own problems. Like or fighting of animals or killing of other animals. That's somebody that's another animal's old own world. He doesn't choose to be suicidal, but he chooses his own path. And that's creating a world within a world. Mm. 
Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely remember. I can under, no, I can understand that that direction with that. Because again, we are within this dirt world that he's exploring for the greater part of the film. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. That's like the war in both of the worlds. He's with uh, the construction worker, the construction uh, the night guard, guard the yeah. guard, yeah, the safety guard, whatever you want to call him. He still lives in Iran, be- even though there's a war, but he's really from Afghanistan and he doesn't, the war in Afghanistan is harpering more on his body and his mind and on his soul than the war in Iran. Again, a world within a world, but sometimes another world is more beautiful or more easier to live in when they're open. Mm. I remember his discussion, um, the taxidermist discussion about like smaller aspects and how everyone has their own things that are happening inside of them that yeah. other people don't yeah. see. I don't know if he said world, but he might have. Um, but that's I definitely. I don't think he directly says it, but <laughs> okay. that's what I got yeah. out of it. I mean, that's a really, that's an interesting uh, perspective to take on that for sure. Which then brings you into the ending and ties it all together with you transitioning from Mr. Body's world into the filming world. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm I'm finally following along here. I got it. Okay. So it does. Sorry. Again, <laughs> no, it does. No. Hey. Different opinions. <laughs> this is why we're here. It's filmmaking. When I was, when it all came to me at the end. I was like, all right, yeah, I, I was like, get this oh, now. Exact clicks. <laughs> I was like, I love light that bulb. moment when that happens with the movie. <laughs> So I also wanted to highlight just a couple moments cinematography wise as well. I really, really love the moment where body sits down among the construction work and we have all this dust swirling around him okay did you hear in the background noises of like war like fighting or explosions or something like that trying to bring in that noise flashback from when he was really happy because you know how he says that in he was happiest in the military that was like the best time of his life that did not even occur to me when he's in the construction when he's in the dust you kind of hear war like sounds like gun firing and explosions and then he's kind of well he is remembering that I think. I mean, I don't know. I'd I mean, have to ask the director. We can only imagine, yeah, what yeah. the character's thinking in that moment. Yeah, so. and I thought that was like a flashback, him thinking too when it was his happiest time, which then again brings in the aspect of him personally being brought down wow. because he does not in his happiest po- moments anymore. Okay, Maddie giving us some yeah. character background from a Kiarostami film. Let's yeah, go. There you go. Love it. I'm trying hard. <laughs> <laughs> doing great. Okay. Do you want to do... Character like uh, acting wise. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Because I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Acting. So let's talk about maybe Mr. Body's performance. It's very subtle, but it's it's immense to me. Uh, The actor's name is Homayun Ershadi. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) This this was, I guess, his big role. Mm -hmm. Um, Was it? I think so. So. Honestly, no offense. I can see why he doesn't have another. Hey, yikes. <laughs> yikes. Shots I'm fired. I'm so sorry, Rest but I soul. did not yeah, like the acting at all. It was too subtle. Like, there was no emotion that I thought. Mm. Like, the subtitles did more for me than the actual acting did. <laughs> yeah. It is another sure. culture and language, so I guess there is that. You know what? I respect that culture and language, but I did not get it. Yeah. I uh, I liked the subtle performance of our star, and I also liked the performance of the, the taxidermist a lot. He felt very warm. It was a very warm character presence, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, kind of what was. the film needed. He was that happy, upbeat character that you needed to resolve all the downfall and all the depression and suicidal sure. thoughts that were happening around you. I think my favorite character in the movie was the soldier because he ran away. The soldier was And great. I wish I could have run away as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, but I thought the taxidermist performance, I think he gave the most influential and like varied performance mm-hmm. um, because at least I felt a little bit of emotion coming off of him and everyone yeah. else I didn't really feel his anything. His story with his wife mm-hmm. was really like I, I was like okay wow. Yeah, And he was I'm definitely there. trying to appeal to Mr. Body. For sure. Appeal to whatever emotion was still in his uh, body at that time but mm-hmm. I think did something. Yeah I guess so. We'll go with that. Okay. You have something else to say, Maddie? <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> All right, cool. This was a very long time ago that we were talking about this when we were talking about cinematography, mm-hmm. but two things. I liked the point of view shots from like the front of the car okay. when mm-hmm. we were on the outside Those of the car nice, and we were yeah. like, watching the street. 
And I also really liked the repetition of the shot of them coming into the area where the hole was. Mm-hmm. So with the, much... the winding path, mm-hmm. etc. And I then think, we like yeah. lose the car at one point and we see it I again. I love that we lose the car that. That, that dipping mm-hmm. outside and inside of the hills, it like it's it's like hypnotizing to watch. It's like mesmerizing almost. It's, it's like, it's kind of like a horror movie where you're looking all over like, yeah, when's it going like, to come back? Go? Like, oh, where is it going to go? go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, another cinematography point I guess I didn't bring up, but I love is that we were constantly framing Mr. Body um, through mm-hmm. the windows, through mm-hmm. spaces. Um, through, I you know, actually like how they frame him a lot. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, this is, we're putting him on display. Right. It's basically the point of this movie. And we are uh, being made aware of that with all this framing going on and the separate, the separation between that and how the dialogue is handled, I think even highlights that more. Yeah. So mm-hmm. very, very smart decision. I think to do that. Yeah, and another thing that I don't think we've mentioned yet either, almost the entire way through, we're pretty much real time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Of course, other than like maybe a little bit of like street driving time missing, but it definitely has an illusion that you're going real time. And the only few times where it changed were, I think when he like, dropped off the taxidermist maybe and there was like a little bit of a transition or maybe when he was at the constru- construction site and like oh, the yeah, sunset been the site, yeah. whenever that was mm-hmm. and then him going from his apartment to uh, the hole but it had it had a very good uh, continuity and just a really stable um, observational sort of point of view yeah I never felt like I was being taken out of mm-hmm you know, what I was watching because of the timing, et cetera. So props for that. I also liked the music that they played at the end. The music at the end was like a salute to almost a death. Hmm. Didn't think about it that way, but it was very, because we have the army, the troops chanting. Okay. And like Mm. the tree portion. Okay. So Mr. Body, that tree symbolizes his resting place almost, I feel like. And then, for the soldiers, it would symbolize somewhere to take a break, rest, to get some shade. That tree symbolizes both death and life at the same time, which, again, creates that worlds within a world. Duality. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, they do take a rest under that tree at the end? Yeah, they do. Ah, it didn't, that, that, wow. Okay. That's a pretty cool reading. I didn't get that mm-hmm. from the first watch. Wow. <laughs> Definitely want to revisit this at some point, but with all my ideas that I'm throwing at you. Yeah, Maddie's like, <laughs> yeah, Maddie's Whoa, into this I'm like, movie. Getting my mind blown over yeah. here. It's wild. Okay. I really tried hard with this movie because I felt <laughs> like the last movie, I just enjoyed it because I was like, okay, this is fun to watch. Take you on a ride. Yeah, this uh-huh. one, you are in the this ride. This one, you're we in need it. You yeah. to discuss the ride. <laughs> so, I know, and I yeah. tried really hard majority of the movie I was so confused until the end and I was Mm -hmm. like okay I really gotta analyze this because I'm not getting it yeah Mm -hmm. oh I also don't know if you guys have any or if you guys know why there was the emphasis on knowing where people were from I think that might have been a cultural thing I'm not sure I think yeah, I think it was like a cultural thing. Like maybe just customary to, okay, like he could obviously yeah, it was like tell a he's niceness. not from here, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just conversation starter maybe. Yeah, okay. You know? I mean, to ease into the scene or ease into that character, yeah. I think it was maybe just a conversation. Again, piece. worlds within a world. Maybe they have They're all this, from their own cultural yeah, exactly. world. I, are any of these people um, from the same place? No. No. I don't think they are. None so of them are from that, the same that place. that was, you know, it served a use there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even bodies, not even Mr. Body is from the same place yeah. that he is in now. They're like kind of all occupying this, this country and, you know, they're all different people. So mm-hmm. different backgrounds, et cetera. I like also how the two younger folk couldn't tell Mr. Body what to do. Like, again, the soldier ran away and the... The seminarist. Yeah, yeah the seminarist basically was like oh let's find another solution it gives that aspect that young people still aren't knowledgeable sometimes Mm. and you need someone from an older generation or that has a perspective that's already kind of gone through life Mm. yeah i i noticed that too because having the the first two kind of be young and also 
quit on Mr. Body kind of spoke volumes about what he was expecting from the people he was picking up. And again, I think he did expect both those characters to ditch him at the end. With I the, think with he the did soldier, too. he he knew he the kid the kid was not because he wasn't getting out of that car, and neither would yeah. I. I mean, <laughs> I'd be like, just what take would you me guys back? do in this situation? I don't think I'd be down. So <laughs> I would not be able to carry that weight of killing someone on my shoulders. I probably would have sat him down, said, "Hey, let's uh, talk. Yeah, let's we, have a long we need talk. to talk." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know what what brought Mister Body to this point. So no, which no. I think you get that through the ending as well because you have an ambiguous beginning and you have an ambiguous ending, which kind of ties it together because you're like, yeah, don't and know like, where it he came really from. Matter. I don't know where he went. It doesn't really matter but what his this. origins are. Yeah, and it's about the idea. Exactly. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah, and one thing I did like was the uh, the taxidermist said something. Uh, he, in his big speech about trying to empathize with Mr. Body, he said, if you don't talk, no one can help you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that was a really important thing to include in there. Because with what we were saying, how the first few people weren't able to help him. I mean, the soldier, like, hardly said anything to him at all. And then the second person was the seminarist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, like, a person who's studying to become a religious leader. Mm-hmm. Um and he, his whole thing was just like, oh, like, that's a sin. So, like, you shouldn't do that because it's a sin, which obviously didn't help him. Yeah. Because that's not really, when you say that to someone who is suicidal, that's not going to help them at all. They're like, hey, okay, oh, great. okay. All right. Yeah. Change thanks. my mind. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for telling me that now I'm also, like, going to hell. Cool. Um, <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, hey. not great. But including the taxidermist, more gentle and a sympathetic approach was was a small uh, win for my book and a <laughs> small sea win of things win that I didn't oh, like. Small win. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're, we're winning her over slowly. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say I that. Call, we're calling her to the dark side. <laughs> well, yeah. Another thing that we didn't really mention, I don't think, but it's just a tiny thing um, that I think really helps keep the observational and the minimalist sort of tone is that there's no non-diegetic audio until the final scene where we have that song playing and we get a lot of like the construction site noise and like other cars going by and people shouting where I don't think it was mixed well. Yes Hmm. and no. Yeah, in some points it was fine, but in others I think it was, it was too much. Yeah, it was or just too much. Too like sensory overload. Overwhelming. Yeah. 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 Sensory overload, overwhelming mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, but I did appreciate that it was there. For sure, audio is important. Mm-hmm. It's underrated uh, part of filmmaking. Absolutely. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my man. God. Yeah. I'm probably gonna edit that out. <laughs> all right. Hey. Go for it. You know. So, final thoughts on the film. Sticking to my rating, um, I really, really want to revisit this movie just to kind of immerse myself more, I think, in, in the ideas behind the the filmmaking process going on here, especially with that ending. I want to, you know, that meditate a little a bit more. That ending has a lot to explore yeah. from. I think a second watch through, would you'd get more out of that ending as well. Mm. Yeah. We'll see when I revisit that because I really am excited about that. So Yeah, when you have time. <laughs> Yeah, when no I have homework, time. No it's exams, not that long, you know. thankfully, this movie. Yeah, so, an hour and a half, so. Seriously, it's, it was... Was Tim Popo longer? I think Tim, Tim Popo was longer, yeah. Okay. So okay. This, was a, this was a little shorter uh, step from that, and um, I liked it a lot. I'm glad this is my first time watching it, so... It was, oh, same here. Same, yeah. same here. All right, cool. First time watching, I liked it a lot. Acting sucked. And I read a lot into it. I don't know. My opinion of this movie still hasn't really changed. The only reason I would maybe watch it again would be to watch it through the lens that Maddie has created. Which, like, honestly, no, I think I think is interesting. And I would be definitely interested to watch this film with that lens. I think it creates more to the movie when you do. Yeah. No offense. I mean, not saying that your lens is wrong by right. any means. No, <laughs> no one's I'm, opinions are wrong. Here, I'm yeah, yeah, not trying to offend you at any level. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I'm also not angry at either of you. Yeah. I think, okay, yeah, watching it maybe through somebody else's perspective yeah. could potentially 
get you on board to like it. For sure. I mean, I'm just <laughs> yeah. yeah I, or you could hate it even more and give it a zero. <laughs> that is also true, and that has happened to me many times. Really? So, oh, yeah, I've hated movies. Someone's even more. ruined a movie for you, and you're like, oh yeah. my God, I do hate it now. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> I'm glad that Maddie got a lot out of this movie. Yes, me too. Um, I'm stoked. And she really appreciated it. Um, I did. She From appreciated it uh, for the both of us. So that's all that counts. There we go. <laughs> I tried, guys. I really because the ending just killed me. I was like, "What?" And yeah. then I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I get Moment it." Moment of revelation. <laughs> I was like, a whirlwind of emotions just came over at the end. I was like, "Oh my god, this happened, and this, and this." Yeah. Okay, I get it. Let's go. <sighs> Calm down. I'm uh, ready to talk. Exactly. <laughs> All right, it's time for big movie news. Big movie news. Thank you so much. Um, We have quite a few things that we're covering this week. Uh, The first thing we're going to be talking about is the Black Panther trailer that came out today. Yeah. Monday 16th. Big Marvel news. Big Marvel news. It looks all real good. It does. The music for the trailer. It was popping. They got some weird, yeah, jams going on. It's like, like. it's trippy. You gotta you gotta get into the it. The CGI looks crazy. I want yeah. it on Spotify. CGI I mean, looks crazy. It's Marvel guys. The CGI is always gonna be crazy with these, and now it's even like more crazy because it's yeah. uh this uh, new world or Wakanda. Whatever. Yeah, because Wakanda, Wakanda yeah. is supposed to be like the most technologically advanced uh, okay, area. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could see that now. Yeah, I also really yeah. liked the shot of. Um, the Black Panther himself, like falling out of uh, oh, like a moon the... door yeah, sort of looked, situation. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy looking. Yeah, looked real good. It's like one of those uh, water slide. Yeah. Giant, uh-huh. yeah, futuristic yep, yep, yep. water slide in uh-huh, space. Where it just drops, space. Yeah. You know how like you get Down. wrapped up in a tube and then oh, they yeah. drop you through the water slide? Yeah. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in space, really I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I also um, loved how many women are being featured in this mm-hmm. film. And they have big roles. Like and they have big, big roles. Mm-hmm. Like big girl roles. Not yeah. like... <laughs> no, seriously. Roles. Like, they're not like background characters. They're upfront and personal yeah. with right. you. Is that supposed to be his mom that we see? Her I'm sister? Sure. No. I, I think I think it's like one of his advisors, okay. maybe. Okay. Hey, she looks like she's going to kill it. She yeah, does. Because I think, I think all of... like Or like most of the women around him are like his... Um, like protection thing because he's the prince well now the king I guess because of right, uh, civil war R.I.P. Um, yeah yeah it looks really good I'm very excited for that probably gonna check this one out I'm not a huge mm-hmm. Marvel guy but yeah, not I'm down for, for some Marvel. Black Panther action yeah, yeah it looks Which, good if you want to go to the UK it's coming out February 9th 2018 but if you want to stay in the US to watch it it is coming out February 16th 2018 Woo. and then other News in the Marvel world oh, man. is oh, Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo, Ruffalo. Sorry, didn't mean. Sorry, to Mark. Don't ruffle Sorry. his feathers. Oh wow. <laughs> um, Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Um, spills the beans about the next Avengers Thor. ending movie. Yeah, Thor Roanoke. Uh, Rag- Ragnarok. Roanoke. <laughs> Yeah, I'm oh, man. Out. I'm so uh, sorry. I'm messing this up. Really I'm messing local this up. Here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is really funny, and I like that you wanted to lead uh, this point. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, this was Wednesday of last week, the 11th. Some fans were a little more than surprised when Mark Ruffalo started live streaming on his Instagram um, a black screen with what sounded like the audio from the new Thor Ragnarok yep. movie. Seriously, yep. man. I mean, come on. I know. Like, how <laughs> you? Literally, I'm sure Marvel took him out immediately. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he's dead now, probably. Yeah. R.I.P. Oh, Mark wow. Ruffalo. Um, <laughs> and it was like the first 10 or 15 minutes of it. So, and I think people have, he, of course, deleted it once he realized what was happening, yeah. um, which there are screenshots of his very embarrassed face when he's China pulling his is, phone out yeah. of his pocket. Yeah. But He also spills the beans at, like, an interview. Wow, he, this guy's he, just... Yeah, he says, um, he says what happens in the ending and the co-star what? next to him... My Lord. ...goes, no, 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 and then... Are you kidding me? No, and then Mark... 
says, oh, was I not supposed to say that? And he goes, well, it's your career. Oh, man. Oh, this guy's God. sabotaging Marvel here. Which I think is a huge PR stunt. Oh, Mark. Yeah, I like that you're in this uh, conspiracy of that I Mark Ruffalo's yeah. doing because, this for like, the views. Well, okay, actors lie for a living. And they're, sure. if they're Ooh, good okay. enough, if they're good <laughs> enough, PR could be like, hey, yo, do this for us. But Mark Ruffalo, I, buy it. I don't hey, think so. I'm buying it real hard. So Are you? Yeah. Damn. You know, I think Mark Ruffalo is No, I'm buying that. Just... It's a screw up. He oh, left yeah. his phone on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just a gentle guy who didn't mean to do it. Yeah. Which is why I think he is. This is a PR son. Oh, my yeah. Lord. Well, you know. And you have just tuned in to Golden Hour Conspiracy Theory. Yeah. <laughs> this week, we're talking about Mark Ruffalo. Who, <laughs> oh, man, you know, he can't pronounce the name. That last name now sounds so weird to me from now on. I Thanks, mean, Ruffalo guys. <laughs> is just a really weird last name anyway. I can't pronounce it. I'm so sorry, Mark. Ruffalo. <laughs> And moving on, uh, we had another trailer come out recently. Um, this one's more indie filmmaking. The title of this one is called Tribes of Palos Verdes. And uh, it features Jennifer Gardner, who's looking great. Looking good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's Especially looking like with she's how many kids? Two? two three? Looks, two. Two That's kids? In the movie. Yeah. Damn. Oh, how many kids does she have in real oh, life? Oh, in real life. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about the movie. In real life. In real life. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, you know, no those idea. fictional kids, they really put the lines on your face, you know? <laughs> hey, pff, she's selling the mom character. That's she all is. I gotta say. Yeah, so. I really like the... Um, the the vibe it's definitely going to be a very awards season oh, movie oh for sure like it's, it, it's got the like undersaturated yeah. color mm-hmm. and like the exploration of the american family Love sort that. of thing and yeah. in california cuz you know what's better than uh talking about california and hollywood I'm that's right, right. So they they, they love eat that that's that. where we get yeah. our big movie news but i'm actually excited for this so yeah, i'm definitely checking out it's going to be coming out december 1st ooh not that so, long yeah and uh, another weird event in uh, entertainment news. It looks like there might be a Settlers of Catan movie being made. Whoop, whoop. It was a this. game first, right? Yeah, it's, it's a, a board, board game. game. Like okay. a tabletop game. Okay, so like Dungeons and Dragons? I've never played. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like strategy kind of. So. Okay, okay. But uh, this is from the producers of the Lego movie. And, yes. Uh, so it we could know be Lydia fun. will like oh, it. Oh, I love them. Uh, yeah, that's Dan Lin. He's been a producer on all three Lego movies. And also the screenwriter that they said that's taking the first stab at the screenplay is Blaze Hemingway, uh, who I looked up. He does not have a lot of work Mm. right now. Um, He has three producer credits, one of which was for Jonas Brothers, the 3D concert experience. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe this will be his big break. It may be. Maybe. It looks like it. What appears to be probably his more influential thing is a short called The Bracelet, on which it's a 2006 short, and he was both producer and writer. Okay, hold on, guys. I'm looking at the credits here. There's an untitled Playmobil movie? Yeah, that's what I was also going to say. Look. Oh, my God. And maybe that's where... um, the connection with Dan Lin is This guy's from. trying to animate all our favorite toys and board games. And you know what? And- <laughs> I'm into it. Let's go. I, love I like it. that. Lydia, okay. we found a movie for Lydia. Finally. Yeah. Uh, Play- we'll hey, be covering- I've been waiting for Playmobil movie all my life. Yeah. Uh, 2019. Catch us watching uh, the Playmobil movie. Yes. Uh, you'll get your review right here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's exciting. There's. I'm really in- interested in the- um, thing that's happening in Hollywood because they're trying to commercialize everything so bad and they I'm are. like oh, yeah. it's kind of backfiring on them which is great because there was the Assassin's Creed movie there's a World yep. of Warcraft yeah. movie yep. the Emoji movie there's Black Hawk um, we do not down. speak of the city in this room <laughs> yeah so you know I would l- watch a trailer for it yeah, if it I'm came a, out we'll see yeah but this was just announced the other day maybe I, today yeah it was yeah. pretty it was this last week so yeah, yeah. so we'll see if uh, we hear anything else about it, we'll be sure to let you know. And moving into our last big movie news, we have from It, there was a cut scene um, shown of Pennywise eating a baby. Pleasant. Mm. Now, this is very controversial right now because they took it out because it's too gruesome and disturbing, but it builds Pennywise's character. So it's like where he came from, how he came to be. So I don't and know. And Stephen how. King okayed this. Well, apparently. I don't he said that that the actor who did Pennywise, Bill Skarsgård, mm-hmm. he did a very good job with the scene. 
but like, they still didn't put it what in. What an intense character to play. But they like, still didn't put it in. So. I would just like to interrupt that. I like that Maddie can pronounce Skarsgård, which but is spelled very weirdly, but not guys. Ruffalo, which is pretty phonetic. <laughs> okay, cultured. but like, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to hug Mark Ruffalo. I want to hug okay. Bill Skarsgård. Okay. As it. Okay. Uh-huh. As Pennywise. I'm just kidding. Creepy. No. No. God. No. Penny- oh God. Uh, no. no. I'd run away from Pennywise. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I can't say that I have seen it. Maybe it was cut. I heard that there is like already a sequel or like a prequel. Yeah, being they're planned. already really? they're already like mapping out the sequel to it. Yeah, oh, and great. I know that in the next one they're supposed to cover a lot of like Pennywise's origins. So maybe Which that's why it, it was could cut. be in there. It We're might not be totally cut. It yeah. cinematic universe here is that it? Oh yep. my god, is that it? Yep. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It's seriously the stupidest punny title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can work it into anything. Oh, man. All work right. Work it into anything. You know? <laughs> and with that, I think we're going to terminate this big movie news yeah, section. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're done with this. I'm not listening to any more it puns. Oh. This is it. You know? Anywho. <laughs> I'm really mad. I'll be here all week. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, so I think are we ready to uh, close in on our little golden hour? The old sun is setting on the golden hour, Lydia. (laughs) (laughs) It's over, guys. Oh man, I know you're only over. Only over of the second episode. That's true. Catch us for the third one. Actually, guys, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to break the news for you, but um. We're going to have an ambiguous ending for this oh, episode. <laughs> Just yeah, right. to respect our movie that yes. we watched this week. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, but for real, um, tune in next week. We're going to be watching Moonrise Kingdom uh, this time. Excited. Woo-hoo. A Wes Anderson. Yeah. We're going to have lots of I color. I love him. Yes, I this is actually fun. the only Wes I haven't seen. I haven't so seen So I'm glad you guys chose this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Super stoked. And we got that new Wes movie coming out. Yeah, which, which we looks will awesome. cover that. Yeah. It does look good. Well. I love a stop motion. And stuff. I do too. Anyways, Mr. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox was good. Let's yes. talk about Wes Anderson next week uh, during <laughs> no. our episode about Moonrise Kingdom. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter because those will definitely totally be up uh, by tomorrow. Hit so, that yeah. like button and that follow button, please. <laughs> Smash it. Oh my. <laughs> Or not on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, no, you wish. It's really oh, a scene do. in here. We'll expand into the uh, other visual mediums <laughs> of soon course. enough, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Literally, Lydia's facial expressions are top-notch. Top of notch. course. And, I mean, Maddie can't even see me from where she sits. <laughs> so, But she can just feel it, you know. Feel and I can feel the love <laughs> running up. All right, door. everyone. Okay, it's guys. time for us to be done. Remember, at Golden Hour Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Lydia. I'm Kristoff. And I'm Maddie. And this has been Golden Hour. This is Golden Hour.